true nature is mm -hmm. unconditional love. And if all of us get in touch and connect with that unconditional love, it's inherent, that's in everyone. That's the way that everything comes together. And the way to do that is by starting to love yourself. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. So, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, our world today can be a complete and total shit show. I mean, yes. all of this negativity can really get a girl down. Okay. Yeah. And you know, it was like the end of last year that I personally found that I was getting just completely overwhelmed and burnt out. And it wasn't just about the negativity of the world. It was just like, there's so much pressure at work. You know, there's mm -hmm. so much stress in my day-to-day -day life with the logistics and the kids and the life and everything mm -hmm. just was all consuming the holidays. And oh man, I just don't know about you. It's like the beginning of a brand new year and I'm already tired, you know? I know. And I just find that my day when I get so tired like this, it just like permeates my entire day. And that bleeds into the way that like I communicate and I'm suddenly like spewing negativity into my conversations with mm -hmm. my team, uh, with my daughters, um, complaining about traffic, customers, life. And then all <laughs> of a sudden I'm like, who the fuck am I? Like, I'm just this negative bitch all the yes. time. And then I'm like, this is not me. And I like started this year with this conscientious mindset shift, mm -hmm. intentional mindset shift. And, you know, when I just decided not to allow this negativity to consume my life, I feel like I not only noticed a shift in me and my mm -hmm. energy, but in my relationships, the way I feel about my day and just it has this domino effect. Mm, it is so, so true. And, you know, I saw this quote from Mary Lou Retton. You remember the Oh, hey, yeah. I got a, the Olympic... I got a 10. Yeah, yes. She's awesome. I get a 10. I She's Mary awesome. She's a spitfire. So she said, optimism is a happiness magnet. If you stay positive, good things and good people will be drawn to you. And I yeah. think, I think this is so true. Totally. You yeah. know, what I think more often than not is that people, they like, they tend to dwell on the negative. They get wrapped mm -hmm. up. They get consumed like thinking about that rather than the positive. And I am for damn sure that it takes equal amounts of energy to put out a positive vibe as it does to put out a negative one. So we've got to shift the game. Hell yeah. Right. I mean, so true. And our guest today, Atusa Raisian, proves this point in her book that she wrote called Change Yourself, Change the World. Transform your life from fear-based living to choosing love. 
and seeing magic, which I think is just <laughs> such a beautiful title. I and love the magic. <laughs> I love the magic. Yes. I mean, what's the, I, I'm like hearkening back to like some song and like pitch perfect. Do you feel the magic? I don't know. Anyway, mm. but it's so true, <laughs> you know, and I do think that we live in this fear-based life. And I do think you're right. We choose to dwell on the negative, but, you know, Atusa reminds us to see things through a positive light. And she's been recognized globally as a shaman, a transformational heart-centered healer, and a spiritual guide, motivational speaker, and best-selling author, poet, and digital artist. I mean, this All girl the good is stuff. a phenom. All the juicy good stuff. All the juicy good stuff. And it's really just honestly, though, taking all of those gifts that she's been, you know, been given in life to help people light up by, you know, guiding them to release their traumas and reprogram this, these fear-based mindsets and living to a more heart-centered, peaceful lifestyle. Yeah. I, I kind of think of her as my spirit animal right now. I love that. Like this is what I need to like yeah. soak into my soul. Totally. So she, I mean, her extensive experience, it, she's not a lightweight. I'll tell you that. And mm-hmm. it comes from years of transforming the lives of her clients so that they can tap into their truth, their, uh, their heart, their experience and, and, experiencing their desired life. And then in turn, they can go out and start changing the lives of those around them. Yeah. So it's like that, that ripple effect, right? Yeah. That magnet that Mary Lou talked about. Exactly. And because of this transformational experience, her clients, they call her the guiding light. And I think that's funny. Isn't that like a soap opera guiding light? (laughs) It is. So she is their soap opera. I love it. Um, They call her life-changing, the best teacher and mentor they've ever had, a game changer. Like, you know, that person that goes into the game and you know, like, this is Joey Buckets. He's going to get them three-point shots up and he's going to change the whole game or he's going to do defense and change the whole game. Like, that's who she is. She's the game changer that comes in, changes the game in their lives. And so much so, she's been featured in USA Today, Potomac Lifestyle Magazine, The Entrepreneur, Harold, and she's been a guest speaker at over 25 podcasts and summits over the past two years. So here's the thing. One of the most important messages that she shares with us today is that if you want to transform your life, it starts with transforming and reconnecting with yourself. You can't look at the external. What do I need to shift externally? But there's something, there's something broken in the connection that you have with your heart, with your soul, with your portal to you. And so that transformation and reconnection with yourself is where this starts. And we are here, my friends, my lovely ladies (laughs) in the middle, we are here to go on this journey with you so that you do not have to do this alone. Let's face this next chapter with joy, with enthusiasm, with some of that magic that Atusa practices Mm, and preaches. The magic, girls. And when we come together with this energy, we can move mountains. We've got the tools to help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. So please follow this podcast 
so you don't miss any important news and find us at dearmidlife.com so that we can all link arms and transform our lives together. And now for a little magic with Atusa Raisian. Atusa, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me here. I'm excited. Yes, we're glad you're here. Yes, we're excited. And we would like to just start by chatting a little bit about this new book that you've written in August Mm -hmm. called Change Yourself, Change the World, Transform Your Life from Fear-Based Living to Choosing Love and Seeing Magic. What a gorgeous Mm, title. Yes. Choosing love and seeing magic. That's where I want to be, like squarely in that space. Don't we all? Wouldn't yes. it be great if we're all there? Life Let's would get be fantastic. There. Let's get so there. So how do we get started, Estuza? You know, you say change yourself. How do we, what are some of the steps that we can take? And why do we want to change ourselves? The book actually covers from chapter to chapter. So it goes through my story and why I wanted to do the book. And I go through the different chapters of what are those steps to change ourselves and why it's important. So let me start with the why. Right now, If you look at our world, our planet, what is happening around the world, it's an indicator of why we need to change. Everything that's happening is because of generations and generations of trauma and fear that has been passed down for different reasons. Again, in the book, I go over it in much more detail. But that is basically the reason because each one of us, if we all make that switch, Whoever comes in contact with us changes, shifts. Mm. And that ripple effect is amazing. I'm always amazed when my clients come and they're even surprised that the people in their lives that they thought they couldn't have good relationships with or they needed to get them out of their life, how everything shifts and changes as they're shifting and changing and they're all finding this new beautiful relationship. So it happens organically and naturally if we do that work. I love that. I love the idea of this, you know, contagious, if you will. Yeah. Goodwill toward one another. Let's so make let it the have, new COVID. Let's make it the <laughs> let's new COVID. Let's do it. Exactly. I love that. Everybody just catches good cheer and That's it's right. amazing. No oh masks. We, we want kissing and hugging and people. Yes. <laughs> But, you know, I do think that there is a story here and maybe you can share with us a little bit about your story and what was your journey to coming to this recognition and realization that there needs to be a change that occurs within myself Mm -hmm. in order to see a change in the world. Mm -hmm. So what was what was it that specifically brought you here and how can our listeners start to recognize the changes within themselves that they can start to shift so it can have a differing impact on on the way that they uh, tackle life and, and engage with others in the world? Um, when I started, I mean, life has always since probably, I think even in the womb, I might have probably had anxiety and fear coming mm-hmm. out. I'm positive of it. Hmm. But shortly after, everything that's happened in my life added to fear and anxiety in my life Hmm. from my parents' divorce to the revolution in Iran to, you know, uh, the regime change, all of that, the war. 
coming to U.S. So everything kept adding and adding to it. But um, my life was always, I used to say, I think like everyone else that, you know, what if I had different parents? What if I had a different life? What What if I was born in a different place? And I always was asking that, you know, why does, has this happened to me and why couldn't I have this? And, but even when I was saying that on the other side of it, and I think that's the part that most people don't connect with, I knew there is a reason and purpose to it. So yeah. as I'm doing all these things and traumas or whatever's happening in my life, my other side, my higher self, whatever you want to call it, was seeking for the answers. And then, you know, as I'm learning these ways of getting inside myself and doing the work, basically, life sort of came to this head on when um, I uh, got a divorce or I was going through a separation process. um, And also I couldn't do my job anymore because of everything else that was happening. But that was the turning point for me to say, hey, I can't live like this anymore. And universe saying, okay, it's time for you to do the work you've meant to do. And then in that process, changing to see like everything that happened was actually a gift. I would not be able to sit here and do the work I'm doing now had it not been for all those things. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the switch and change. You know, we look at events in our life if we look at it as why is this happening to me then we get into that place of blaming the world blaming the universe the outside for everything and what we cannot have but then if we say no there is a gift in this let me go see what gift is that's when you shift it and change it yeah that's beautiful but i think in order to have a mindset shift to see the gift. It sounds like you endured a lot of trauma mm-hmm. in your life. Um, having come from Iran, um, I know the unrest that you probably encountered in that region. And and so help us understand what comes first. Is it the mindset shift and then the healing or is it the healing of the trauma and then the mindset shift? Because I think the trauma can oftentimes be a barrier to, to having a positive mindset. So tell us a little bit more about how you were able to get beyond your trauma or, or if that was a necessary stepping stone to, to the mindset shift. Great question. Actually, I don't think anybody's asked me that question. Funny (laughs) enough. Hmm. Um, but I did have to heal the trauma because Hmm. when you look at all the gurus and everything, they say, they talk about that mindset, mindset shift, but -hmm. they don't talk about how they got there. Mm -hmm. And I definitely was in the process of like, well, how are they doing? And I do talk about that in the book It's like, well, you know, they got there just because, you know, they were men or they didn't have any problems in their life. But then Mm -hmm. I started to, when I started doing the work to heal those traumas, those wounds, and with that healing came sort of this reprogramming as well. So that's, the triggers started to go or get calmer and calmer. And as the triggers were calming down, then I was able to shift. Because with the amount of 
sort of trauma that I was holding on to and the programs and rules that were associated with all those traumas, I couldn't even see my way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You said a word that really I want to double click on and, and the word was reprogram. So in some of the literature that you sent to us, you said that you help your clients release their past and reconnect with their true nature so that they can reprogram or realign themselves with their universal energy source. So I would love to know what's your definition of this universal energy source and how do you now help your clients realign and reprogram to that infinite source? I help them to see those hidden parts because a lot of times they sort of as adults, we kind of know like, well, you know, yeah, my parents got divorced, but they had their own problems. So in our head and like in our mind, we've sort of have come to terms and peace with the story sort of. Yeah. But that's only mentally. So energetically, emotionally, a lot of times, especially energetically, we haven't come to terms. So if you imagine like something happened to you at AIDS, That Mm -hmm. eight-year-old is still the one that's triggering all those things. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. as an adult are saying, no, I'm fine. But then you're like, well, why am I still getting triggered? It's because that energy of that eight-year-old is still in there and you're still carrying it. So what Mm -hmm. I do with my clients is those hidden parts that are in there that they may not be realizing or seeing or be in touch with, I bring those out and we work on those to shift them and release them and heal them. So that's one of the main steps. And then the reprogramming happens. I call it sort of like if you every morning are getting out of your house and you're turning right to go to work. Now you change jobs. You got to go to left. It's going to take some time. You know, you keep going to go to right and then it's like, ah, God, forgot. Now I work. I have to go to left. So even sometimes you've changed, you're going to the left and like three months later, suddenly you go to right again. So it's going to take time. It's going to take practice. And that's when I give them mantras and exercises, different things to help them. Now, true nature is basically our heart, heart center, Mm -hmm. unconditional love and if all of us get in touch and connect with that unconditional love, it's that's in everyone. It's inherent. It's we all have it, and that is the universal force. That's the way that everything comes together. And the way to do that is by starting to love yourself and accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. So this unconditional love for all of the things out there has to start within first because i'll tell you i'm good when i'm in the house but boy oh boy too so when i step outside (laughs) this house my unconditional love flies away i tell you yes because you're getting triggered and that's the thing those triggers are inside so if you're that that part of you that's getting triggered if you start to see why that part is getting triggered and mm. it's going to keep pointing outside well so and so said this or so and so did that cuz people Even just the- act a fool all the time and i don't i don't tolerate foolishness very well and if you come to that place of internally loving and accepting yourself and feeling that connection inside naturally 
you will find. Now, it's loving something is different than saying, hey, I want it in my life. Totally mm-hmm. two different things. Because okay. people say, you know, well, if you say, you know, you love everything and everyone, does that mean, you know, you say everything is okay? No, not everything okay. is okay. But, or and, I'm saying is that I can see that person that person is hurting as well. That person is operating based on fear. So I can see and accept where they're at. And I can, you know, far away, as far away as I want. Right. You on your side of town can stay exactly. foolish. <laughs> yes. Send them that love energy that hopefully they shift. And that's why I say the more of us shift, those foolishness fools whatever you want to call them they start shifting as well okay well i can get behind that so let's talk about this self-love right so where where do we start what are the things that we can do to start to put on a real practical pair of shoes if you will when it comes to start loving ourselves in a way where we are creating change we are creating impact first by healing ourselves. And then secondly, that healing then being able to radiate outward. Self-love is different than self-care. And that's Mm -hmm. something I wanted to emphasize on because a lot of people, when uh, you talk about self-love, they immediately go to self-care and they say, well, I get my manicure. A pedicure pedicure is not going to change the world, honey. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's it. And that's where it is. So it's actually you taking the time every day, first of all, loving your body, loving Mm -hmm. everything about your body and the way you look and even those parts. Oh, my God, I wish, you know, I was like 15 pounds lighter. Mm -hmm. But accept those 15 pounds, love those 15 pounds that are heavier. They're there for a reason. It's for a purpose. And that's the part that once you start loving those parts, those wrinkles, those Mm. grays, everything, Mm. everything about yourself. But you got to start from a place that um, like one of the exercises I give people is every morning and every night, start with take like five, six things on the outside. Like when you look in the mirror that you can see and five, six body parts on the inside, organs, Mm. and say, I love you too. For example, I love my eyelashes. They're so cute. I love them. Oh my God, thank you for these eyelashes. Or I love my skin. It's so soft. Thank you for protecting my body. I love it. Mm -hmm. But the key here is mean it, not like you're saying I love my skin. I don't say that about my stomach, which I don't like, but I could definitely say it about my exceptionally thin and sexy collarbones. Exactly. There you go. Beautiful. Got it. And it's going to get you there. So inside, outside and inside, inside stuff is much easier. So do those a little bit more, your bones, your blood cells, the blood, pancreas, that you know, heart liver, that keeps kidney. beating, whether we ask it to or there not. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. And find gratitude for those things. And you're going to see if you do that every morning and every night, soon enough, you're going to start even those body parts that you're not in love with. Mm. 
you know, it's funny. And I think I've told this story before, but like, I will take my stomach, for instance, like the stomach is the thing that's always been a challenge for me because I've always had a pooch, even when I was rail thin in high school and younger. Um, And, you know, when I was pregnant, I had to give myself blood, blood thinner shots in my stomach twice a day throughout my whole pregnancy because I had a blood clot in my leg. And so my stomach, like the elasticity in my stomach, it is completely trashed. I have stretch marks over my entire stomach. And, you know, it's like the one place that I've always just like, let's take a scalpel and cut this whole thing off and start over. And, you know, one day, and I don't even know what really prompted this for me. And I was looking at my stomach in the mirror and I just had this deep, sense of thankfulness towards my stomach for carrying the life of my child and that every one of these stretch marks were created in the cre- during the creation of my son who is like the person i love most in this world and i can look now at each of these stretch marks with a certain sense of like thankfulness like you were put there in order to create the space to bring this most amazing human into this world. And you're just a reminder of that. You are the artist's paint strokes that created space in my body for him to come to be. And for that, I can honestly say I'm thankful. Beautiful. Perfect. That's it. That's it. And yeah. I think that's where everybody wants, everybody shifts in that love space. They're going to get there. Even for those body parts that they, before they couldn't look at, they're going to find a way to fall in love with those parts. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes more natural. And then extend that love st- starts expanding, extending it outside world, meaning, you know, to the things that you see that every day that happens around you, even if you don't want to say it out loud, but you wake up and, you know, you're walking and the sun hits you and you feel like, oh my God, I love the sun. Thank you. You know, or, you know, on a hot day when there's a nice cool breeze, you like, oh my God, I love the breeze right now. I love the yeah. wind. Thank you. So that's how the shift starts to happen. Start with those things that it's not triggering you. And what yeah. types of things can we expect to see shift or become impacted by making these changes and really starting to live within this place of internal love that then begins to radiate towards external love? How, how do we see that impact our lives? Two ways. One way is that you're going to start to see the sources of those triggers and you're going to start to get in touch with your triggers more because as you're moving, life is like, oh, good. Now you see it. Let me give you all these things you need Mm. to work on and heal and release them. So that's going to be something that starts to happen. Be easy with it. Just watch it, take it in, even love those stories that you've been telling yourself so far of why you are the way you are, why you are in the place you are. Love all those stories. You created those stories. So that's one thing that's going to start to happen. And then the other part of it is that 
you are going to start to feel lighter and lighter as you release these things and you fall in love with life and everything around you. You're not going to have the same reactions. Those reactions are going to calm down more and more. There are other parts that the reactions might get a little bit heightened just because it's trying to get your attention to see it and release those as well. But as you're releasing much lighter, much more in tune with yourself. And you're going to see that magic that I'm talking about. The world around you is shifting and changing and things are happening. And, you know, you're receiving things, things are working out. So yeah, that's what you can expect. So when we talk about the triggers, because, you know, I, I actually had an interesting conversation and as we're sitting here talking about this, um, with a colleague earlier in this week, that was very triggering for me. Um, and so I had somebody tell me once that understanding your triggers is, is getting a gift, but I would love to know what can we do to, navigate these triggers and minimize them so they don't continue to play such a part in our lives. So just taking that example, Mm -hmm. you're getting triggered by a coworker. All right. Mm -hmm. I know this is beyond the coworker and this is trying to show me something. This is Mm -hmm. a gift teaching me about me. And then you got to take that time out and sort of like, meditation but it doesn't need to be you sitting there going on no you can even go for a walk sit Mm -hmm. outside something that is comfortable for you to be able to communicate with that part Mm -hmm. sort of feel that part in your body and say okay why let's say you were angry at this person Mm -hmm. why are you angry and it's gonna say well she did this 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 okay let's say she did all that but what about that What is it reminding you of? Why are you Mm. getting upset? What is the fear in there? And 99% of the time, all of those triggers have a fear hidden inside Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And once you find that and open it up and become aware of it, that awareness is 90% of the work. Because it can't, the next time it triggers you, it's much less. It's not like you're not going to go. It's like, oh, I know what this is. Okay, let me go give her a hug. Let me go talk to her and say, it's going to be okay. I know you're afraid right now. We're safe. None of those bad things are happening. It's okay. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think if I reflect back on it, and maybe I just need to do more of the work, you know, um, I think I can potentially pin that the source of that was a a feeling of disrespect. And I did, you know, come from a a relationship, a prior relationship where I felt disrespected. And so perhaps that was where in the trigger lie, it doesn't happen often, but perhaps um, it just was in that moment in time, or, you know, that was a continuous trigger. But I know that you have some other modalities too, that you leverage and use to help people heal some of these traumas from their past. And one that really stood out to me was your tetralogy healing method. Am I saying that Mm. the right way? Yeah. I'd love to know a little bit more about that because we interview a variety of different people that always share with us these incredible modalities. And this is the first time I've heard this one. So I'm curious to know more about it and how we can use it 
to help us alleviate some of these past traumas? Honestly, I stopped putting my modalities in there because it's just like so many different ones. And I think everybody, we all give it a different name. So I think it's out there. I didn't know other people may have it or not, but I think recently I saw something that's similar to it, but they called it something else. But anyway, what that is, that is more of energy work where when there's a, when we worked on a lot of the sort of the triggers, but then Mm -hmm. there's a trigger in there that I can't like, it's harder for that person to let go of. Mm. They're like, you know, we've gotten rid of these things out here, but this one keeps getting a hold of them and they yes. can't let it go. So that's an energy work that I do, which I take um, sort of, I do this blueprint of the emotions that are in there, figure that out. And then I figure out where it's in their body. How is it connected Mm. in their body? And also what are some of the thoughts associated with it? So Mm. it's an energy work that I go sort of take those strands out. And then as I'm taking those strands out, then I put in sort of a new message in there that um, sort of like, let's say like, I'm safe. I'm loved. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the message. And then I sort of like keep repeating that in there. And also I give it as a homework for them, whatever message I put in there, I give it as a homework for them to, for the next couple of weeks to keep saying that. And yeah, that's what that is. Thank you. I love that. And I think, you know, um, it seems like people would have to be in, connection or alignment with their bodies to be able to figure out where they're feeling it and then work with you to understand what that means. Like, and it, you know, I, I just feel like a lot of us are challenged with really understanding our bodies or being Mm. that connected. So how do you work through that with people? Um, I actually, so, um, with the people that are in that space, I always recommend my past trauma life transformation sessions Mm. because they really don't need to be in touch. That's where I take them from where they're at. I start connecting them back in and start to get them in touch with those parts and, it does take a while. It's not like yeah. a one, two sessions, you know, when sometimes they come the first session and they're like, Oh, you know, they have all this list and they think, you know, I magically go like this. And just poof. knock it out. Right. No, right. no. And that's like, exactly. It's like magic wand. <laughs> um, I, and that's why I keep emphasizing in those descriptions, this is going to take anywhere from eight to like even maybe 14, 15 sessions for us to mm. do the work, depending on what, you know, I'm working with. Uh, but um, I just use different ways. Like I said, I see those unseen hidden parts. I know even where sort of they're holding in their body, what ages inside that I need to connect them with. And generationally, is it stuff from mom or dad or both? So I get all that information and then throughout those, you know, as we go through each time we have a session, we work on those parts. Mm. 
And are the, are the traumas typically from childhood? Because I do think that I did suffer some trauma as an adult. Is that trauma that can be easily resolved as well? Or does the trauma that we experience in adulthood tie back somehow some way to a wound that we acquired when we were a child? Most of it. Uh, so those depending on what happened. So um, like definitely childhood, but some mm-hmm. of those adult traumas, that adult trauma is a trauma. For example, if you let's ju- just take my marriage, for example. So I was in an abusive relationship and, you know, the partner I had selected. So the reason that I selected this partner and this marriage was because of all those things that happened to me as a child. So this by itself was a trauma, but this trauma was connected to that childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's interesting, Shelby. Like when you think about that, can you think of what that red thread could be? Yeah. I mean, I think if I reflect back on my childhood and I'm also, this is really interesting work for me right now because I'm um, listening to another audio book and I'm certainly eager to check out your book as well, Atusa, but I'm reading another book called The Origins of You that is talking about differing childhood wounds that you suffer. And I know that there are five and I can think of three that were safety, um, One was a a prioritization that you weren't a priority Mm -hmm. for your parents. And one was a worthiness wound. And I think those resonated with me most as I'm listening to this audio book, because those I think were the wounds that I suffered as a child. And so when I think back to the relationship that I found myself in, that became abusive in the end. I think the attraction from the beginning was that I felt prioritized or that I felt worthy of this individual's love and affection, but obviously over time that diminished and that disintegrated. But I think I stayed in that relationship for so long because I think I also hearkened back to this worthiness wound. So when you're in an abusive relationship, I think perhaps there is an underpinning, undetected probably mental narrative that I was telling myself that, oh, I'm not going to find anybody else that treats me with respect Mm -hmm. or, oh, I'm not, you know, lovable. This is the only person that will ever love me. So why would Mm -hmm. I leave this relationship? And so I think not only did I get into that relationship because in the, the beginning, I felt very worthy of his affection and attention. And I felt like I was a priority that remedied some of those childhood wounds. But then I stayed. Um, because of the worthiness wound. So then if I think back to the earlier incident with the colleague, I think that that was a trigger because it was took me back into that relationship piece potentially where you say, I it's about the respect. I just, I'm, I am worthy of respect. And so now I'm trying to change my mindset and shift my mental narrative. But I think sometimes you know, those triggers still get us or perhaps we overcompensate or overreact in a particular situation because, um, we've, we've wanted to never be treated that way again. And so it causes this impulsive reaction Mm -hmm. or overreaction potentially, if you want to say that that was an overreaction in that particular situation because of that trigger in some way, shape or form. Yeah, exactly. And some of those wounds that you're talking about, 
they're not just ours that we're carrying in this lifetime, but also passed down generationally mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. So, sure. so je- like if you look at it, we are, and in the book again, if when you read it or if you read it, I talk about that in detail. You know, right now, when doctors talk about you know your high, high blood pressure or your heart disease, all those things, they say it's been passed down, right? So it's got passed down from your mom, from your dad, from your granddad. So it's in your DNA. So that DNA that's holding those diseases. Now, there's a reason for all those diseases. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, like a lot of your gut issues or Mm -hmm. stomach issues is coming from a place that, you know, uh, you didn't receive nurture and love when you were growing up. And you're holding a lot of fears and anxieties about fitting in and, you know, that safety stuff. So then all that stuff happened. You know, your uh, blood sugar is connecting with that joy and sweetness of life. Blood, all of those things mm. have an energetical, um, you know, actually Lewis Hayes, she was the mm. first one that talked about these things. Mm-hmm. So if all those things... So imagine a trauma that's happened generations ago and your high blood pressure came, you know, my on my mom's side, all my mm-hmm. grandmother, my great grandmother had. It. Okay, so your great grandmother, something happened to your great grandmother that she developed, you know, these fears and emotions, and that set the let's say high blood pressure, mm-hmm. which then she transferred as a way of just from sort of womb to Hmm. in the womb to the child and also that that genetics we're talking about and also in the way of experience in life it got Hmm. sort of learned as well so that's how most of these things the same way they're saying those diseases are transferred so Hmm. these traumas are being transferred in those diseases as well Trinity, you know what this is making me think of Savion. So Trinity's son actually had some very severe gut issues in the last year. And, you know, I'm just correlating this Trinity with perhaps your childhood upbringing, which was pretty tumultuous Mm -hmm. um, and wondering if potentially maybe some of Savion's gut issues were transferred through, you know, that lineage within your own family history. Yeah. And and even on his father's side, there's a lot of Mm. gut issues on his father's side that, you know, but they've been manifested in different ways. But it also makes me think about, you know, kind of the nurturing aspect, the um, anxiety and and living in fear of this pressure to perform. Mm. Is that your pressure that you're talking about? Tell me more about that. Uh, his father is very, very, very like pressure to perform mm. where it didn't feel like unconditional love. It felt like I will love you if you do well mm. in, mm-hmm. you know, and mm. fill in the blank for the kid and mm. for the wife. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, you know, I'm sure that there's my own baggage that I brought to the table in that space as well as a contributor to you know, we know I've dealt with severe anxiety throughout mm-hmm. my life. And, you know, it's no surprise that probably he's dealing with anxiety in certain spaces as well. 
And I, I want to, where do we feel that anxiety? Well, right there, dead center in our gut. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say something to the audience that they're listening. It, this is not for everybody to say, Oh my God, I'm passing right. things to my child. This is part of the soul contract. This is part of the beauty of this life that every generation comes to break these things for the next generation. So mm. they have an easier time. So it's not like, oh my God, I'm doing this. No, it, this is part of this life that mm-hmm. that's why that change is important that, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's change it and change it, shift it, you know, like you said, so that at some mm-hmm. point it's like COVID that it's just like love is just passed around right, instead yes. of all this other stuff. Yes. Right. So it's and, never yeah. too late to change. Right. Is what I hear oh, no. <laughs> No, I haven't never messed my kids up completely yet. Oh, and no, no. The, they the chose you for a there. reason. They, chose, they you. chose you for a reason. They knew. So every kid that's coming, we choose sort of this. I give an example to people. So maybe that helps a little bit. It's like, you know, uh, let's say for myself, mm-hmm. they said, you know, all right, if you if this is this life is video game and they said, okay, you know what, Atusa, if you go down in this life and endure all these things and come out, you know, do all this work, and not only next lifetime, we're going to bump you up 20 levels, but we're going <laughs> to give you some loot boxes and some gifts and all these things. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, give it to me. I'm going to do it. And some people are like, you know what? No, thank you. I just rather go one level up. Yeah. And that's all it is. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah. Give me to those parents because I want to be able to do this. That sounds like fun. Mm. So like no, they We're chose leveling you. Up. Exactly. <laughs> they Good. chose you for a reason. I like that idea. And, you know, just talking about some of these concepts um, makes me reflect on the fact that you also call yourself a shaman. And I would love to know what your definition of of shaman is and and how you leverage that, I guess, intuition or that power to help heal some of your clients as part of this process. Um, Shaman, shamans actually started in Siberia, uh, the first shamans. That's actually what the history says. But I like to think that... um, if we connect to that source energy in a way we are all shamans because that's what actually a shaman is somebody that's really connected and in tune with the spirit of nature you know with the natural elements around us and also is able to sort of communicate into the spiritual realm or higher energy levels and get that information to unfiltered. Uh, and the unfiltered is the important part here because if I take that information and then I apply my humanness to it, meaning like mm-hmm. all my emotional baggage to it, then the information that I give you is totally useless because now I gave you my fears. Now I gave you mm. some of my own triggers. So that unfiltered is really important that whatever I'm understanding and getting, I'm going to give it to you as I see it, as I hear it. And um, that's basically what a shaman does. And some of the things that fall in the realm of 
shamanic healing is um, a lot of ceremonies, of course. You know, everybody now does the sage cleansing, house cleansing, mm-hmm. things like that. But also the generational healing, cord cutting, all those things fall in the realm of shamanic healing. Mm. And are these things that you can do virtually online or are they things that need to be done or or work better if you are face-to-face with a client? No, virtually works fine. It's just a personal preference for the clients. Some of them, they really want to be in my space and some they're fine. So I have clients that don't even live in my area. They're overseas and it Mm. works just as fine. Great. So interesting. And if our listener were interested in learning more about you and maybe participating in some of these exercises and healing modalities, how could they find you? My website is the best place. It has all my contact information, all the information for my services and social media. So it's my first name, last name.com. So atusaraision.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure that that is in the show notes. It was lovely chatting with you, Atusa. I really can't wait to dive into your book. I think that that's such a, it's such a powerful message right now when I think all you hear on the news is about unrest in the world, whether it's in Israel and Palestine, you know, there's just so much, so much unrest happening in the world right now. So I'm confident that the world could use a little bit more positive energy going out to the universe. So thank you for bringing us this important message. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me on the show. I loved it. Really great conversation. Thank you so much. I mean, we started the whole thing by talking about this magic that Atusa preaches, right? It's about transforming yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, it is like contagious. Goodwill and positive energy is contagious. And this was just such an eye-opening, you know, interview. And it just reinforces everything I feel like I need to do in my life to yes yeah I just to evolve and grow as a human and I have found when I change my mindset I definitely feel a difference and so you know the first takeaway that I have from this episode ladies is if you want to transform your relationships and the people around you you just have to start by transforming yourself and by learning to love and accept yourself. The whole part of you, all of the bits and parts. All of it. All of it. Yes. The good, the bad, the ugly, the sexy, the stinky, all of it. <laughs> love your stinky parts, girls. I love your stinky parts. I kind of like my stinky parts. You I do? say that out loud. Do you ever catch yourself <laughs> like... No. What was that Saturday Night Live girl, Mary Catherine Gallagher? She like okay, I maybe have smelled my armpits before, but I can't ever remember. Like, mm, I like that. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that my scent has changed in midlife, but yeah, I we digress, yeah. please. We right. Let's move on to point number two, my lovely ladies. So the trauma in our lives, you know, we can see it as a hindrance and it can make us a victim, right? Or 
or we can choose to see it as a gift. So I say this so often, I've gone through some shit, deep shit in my life from the very youngest age that I can remember. Things that would kill lesser men. (laughs) Um, But I look back on my life and I would accept and take and do all of those things again. Why? Because I love who I am. I love the woman that has been created through all of this trauma. And I am not a victim. I am chosen. I am amazing. I have a story to share, to help, to heal others. And I, I'm a Sherpa. I'm a Sherpa now. I can take you through. I can take you up that mountain, take you back down the other side. Oh yes, I can. So it's, it's my gift. And, you know, healing our traumas and evaluating what we have learned from those experiences, that is part of the process of us growing, of us transforming and being able to see that through a different lens as we continue to move into our healing and this next level. Love that. And three, self-love and self-care are different. Yeah. Self-love starts with looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And what we talked about before, literally loving every single thing about that person that's staring back at you. Every night, Atusa recommends we choose five things on the outside of our bodies. Your smile, your skin, your... You love your collarbones, Trina. Y'all know I love my collarbones. You love those These bitches are jamming. <laughs> Beautiful. And then also five things on the inside of your body, your heart, your brain. Uh, and tell these things that you love them. I love you, my beautiful eyes. You know, you help me to see the world and take in all its beauty. I love my smile. It helps me express joy to the rest of the world. Like whatever it is, tell those things that you love them. Yes. And and our fourth point today, you know, some trauma, ladies, is passed down generationally. That's a hard word for me to say, generationally. It's a hard word. Yeah. And it's passed down in the form of disease, diseases that we inherit that we just say, oh, it runs in the family from our family and our ancestors. Cancer runs in the family. Diabetes runs in the family. Migraines run in the family. However, first stop confessing that bullshit over you and now your kids and your kids' kids. You can be the one to stop the cycle by healing yourself. By healing yourself. It's not too late and it's never too late to be who you might have been. And it starts today. You know, last week, ladies, we announced to all of you our new Midlife Momentum community that we want you to join at DearMidlife.com. And in this community, you are going to find tools, resources for living your best life. We are adding and developing new content every single day that is going to help you live your very best life in midlife. And that goes from healing to reimagining and creating the life that you want to live. And we can do this together in a like-minded community where we support each other, hold each other accountable, hold each other up, Mm. and continue to move forward in this big, 
messy, beautiful, crazy life. Mm. I don't want to do it with anybody else. What about you, Shell? Yeah, I know. It's nobody has to do it alone. Nobody We're has to do it together. alone. And the best part is, is you really don't, because now we've built the community and we want you to come join us at Midlife Momentum on DearMidlife.com. I know that we love you and we're so thankful for you every single day. And we're so thankful for each other. I'm thankful for you, Shelby. Thanks for being in my life, love. I'm so You're happy welcome. to have you in my life too. Good. Just don't cry. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> and loves, we cannot wait to see you next week and spend more of our lives together right here in the middle.